0: You know, gifts come in different shapes and forms, and over the years, I think they even change in how we identify them. You know, when you're a baby, the greatest gift is probably the box in which your gift came. How many times have we given children presents and they throw the present aside and just play with the box? And then as you get a little bit older and you're maybe just a little more in your childhood, you just want toys. I just, I just want something to play with. My wife is big on giving kids books. I'm like, the kid can't even read. Get him a toy. As you get a little bit older and you start to get into those teenage years, you, you, you don't want toys anymore. You want electronics. You want apparels. As young adults, if we're honest, they just want gift cards and cash. You can't, you can't get a shirt they like anyway. Just give them the money. They'll go buy it themselves. They're broke. They're on steady diets of ramen. Just give them money. And listen, as, as, as adults, you start getting into a whole new fresh age. And I, I'm finally at that point where I'm so happy with some new socks and underwear and getting that fresh pair. It's just once a year you get to restock. and You know, there comes a point when you realize that gifts are more than material things, right? We realize there's some things that money can't buy. There comes a point where the greatest gifts go beyond material things. And, you know, some of these people that came up, they showed you that a ring can't fix a broken marriage. Money can't buy health. A wrapped gift won't take away the anguish of a lost loved one. Drugs and partying can't mask real emptiness. That you can serve the world and never find fulfillment in it. Gifts start to shift a little bit more as your understanding begins to shift, and so uh, I want to talk to you this morning briefly about these gifts. And to do that, I, I looked up for myself the definition of gift because oftentimes we use words over and over again without really understanding what they mean. And when we look up the meaning, we we get a deeper insight into what I believe God is trying to speak to us this morning. And Listen to this definition. So, Webster's dictionary definition gift is something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. It's something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. And when I read that definition, there were three words in that sentence that really stood out to me. The first one is voluntarily. See, uh, the gift that, that goes beyond everything, the gift that goes beyond money, that goes beyond a cardboard box, that goes beyond anything that you could ever think or imagine. The greatest gift that we've been alluding to this entire service is the gift of Jesus Christ, right? We, we talk about it during Christmas time and, and we want to try to make sure that people understand this. as a believer what we're celebrating during this season is the birth of Jesus, uh, this, this amazing gift that was given to us from the Lord, this amazing gift brought to us in human form in a baby named Jesus Christ. And it's important that you understand that this gift that God has given you was given voluntarily. In other words, he wasn't pressured to do so. God didn't owe you, Jesus And I think sometimes we we misunderstand that, and we get it in children because, you know, we always get kids, and, you know, one of the things we always say with children when they're opening the Christmas presents, right, they're so enthralled, they're so excited about it, and after they open it, what do you say, parents? You go, hey, what do you say? And they're like, thank you. And then they go back and they ignore And the person who gave it's like, (laughs) No, go give him a hug, give him a kiss. Oh, it's okay, it's fine, this is really awkward, just... Right? But you're like, hey, listen, re- respond. And here's the problem. A lot of times we, we understand uh, when our kids start getting all these gifts, they, they start to misunderstand and, and they start to think that, hey, you owe me gifts. Right? Like, it's Christmas. You're supposed to give me something. You're the parent. I'm the kid. I get presents. And, and they have this mentality that if you don't, then you failed because this is owed to them. And if we're not careful... Sometimes in our walk and in our lives, we start to feel and act as if, God, you owe me better than this. God, you, you owe me salvation. This isn't something that I need to do for you. This is something that you're supposed to do for me. If you want me to serve you, then you owe me. And it's important we understand God doesn't owe us anything. God has every right to leave us in the life that we have made for ourselves. God has every right to leave you in the very shambles that you're in. He doesn't owe you anything. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the master of this universe. doesn't owe any of us anything. And the audacity for us at times to look at God and even be angry with God because we feel that we are not given what we're due reminds us that if God gave us what we were due, it would not be a gift. If God were to give us what was due, it would be judgment for our own sin. But listen, Galatians chapter 1 verse 4 reminds us that in order to set us free from this present evil age, Christ gave himself for our sins in obedience to the will of God our Father. It was God's will, his desire, his choice, because he wants to. Because he loves you enough to do so. You know, oftentimes we, I, we've worked with teenagers, my wife and I, for several years, and there's a few times where um, the teenagers will say things where my mouth will drop. And, and on a couple of occasions I've heard teenagers uh, talk about our, our leadership team and me and say, well, that's your job. You're supposed to do that. And I'm like, none of these guys get paid to listen to you or to talk to you or to be your friend. Like, none of them get paid for that. But again, we have this mentality of that's why you're there. Your job is to do this for me. We were made to serve God. God was never made to serve us. And yet his will was to set us free. His will was to give us a gift. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a gift out of obligation. I don't want someone to give me a gift because they have to. Because they feel guilted into doing it, because uh, they they feel this pressure from the outside to do this for me. The greatest gifts come when you didn't even expect it, when you felt like you didn't deserve it, and yet they loved you enough to give it to you anyways. God voluntarily gave us the greatest gift we'd ever encounter. Not only do we not, or not only does God not owe us that. But I love the fact that it says a gift is, is voluntary, transferred without compensation. In other words, we don't owe God. We can't earn this gift. We can't buy this gift. We can't uh, hurt ourselves enough to, to get to a state where we deserve this gift. It has nothing to do with us. This. this is God's will for you to have this gift. You don't have compensation. There is no a debt that we could actually pay. Listen, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. You, you, you can't pay God back. And sometimes, listen, sometimes our, our hesitation with accepting this gift is, is we're looking all over the present and we're wondering what, where the strings are attached. We're, we're wondering, okay, if I say yes to Jesus, what does that mean? What do I have to do? And listen, I don't know about you, but coming from Chicago my whole life, you, you never trusted anybody that said anything, right? They're like, hey, man, I got this good deal for you. You're like, no, nah, man, I'm good. You know, you walking through Costco and they got that herd of people that are trying to get you to sign up for everything. Hey, my man I said, no, man, I'm good. I just, I, just came for the, I just came for a chicken, bro, $5 chicken. I'm just here for the chicken, <laughs> right? Hey, do you want to build a new roof? I don't even own my house, bro. I'm good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? we're just automatic. Like, no, I don't want that because there's strings attached. I don't want to be associated with something that I'm owed. And sometimes we think if I say yes to this gift, then there's strings attached. Then, then I have to uh, live a certain way, and, and I have to act a certain way, and I have to give up certain things, and I have to stop being who I want to be. And, and listen, I, I, don't, I don't want the gift if it comes with strings attached. But, but we misunderstand the gift part. See, when you receive the gift, it's not that you have to do anything. It's that you realize, I don't need those things anymore. Right? See, listen. When, you, when, when cell phones started coming into to existence and became a little more popular and the smartphones started to develop, certain things that we normally relied on became obsolete. People stopped using alarm clocks because their phone became their alarm clocks. People stopped buying calendars at Jimenez because their phone became their calendar. Right? Certain things were no longer needed because you had something that created all of that for you. And so when you receive this gift in Christ, it's not that, oh, there's strings attached and I have to stop doing all this, things and I have to pay this in, in order to receive that. It's, no, 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 you understand when you receive this gift, you don't need those other things. You, you, it's not that, oh, I got to stop partying. No, no, you no longer have to be at a club till 2 in the morning feeling completely empty when you get home because you realize that the drunkenness wears off and the high goes away and you're still at home alone because the people at the club don't follow you home. You don't need that anymore because you've discovered the fulfillment in Christ. You, you have this gift in Jesus that says, listen, I would love to be in a relationship, but I don't need a relationship anymore to fulfill me because I have discovered a relationship in Christ. Listen, uh, I, I would love to, to have money and get a nice house and, and do well in my career, but that's not going to define me because I am now defined in Christ. You see, Christ has been the all-encompassing aspect of my life now, and as a result, I get to pick and choose all the other things in this world. I get to decide if I want or if I don't want because I realize that I have what you don't have. (laughs) Listen to me, church. You you don't pay for this gift. Could you imagine how insulting it would be if you worked really hard to give someone a gift and they offered you money for it? And you said, no, no, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift. I love, especially older people, I love this with, with the old school guys, especially like when pastor gets around with his friends, I love watching them fight for checks. When you go out to eat with them, especially because they're fighting for checks. I'm not fighting with them. I'm like, y'all fight. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen these dudes, they, they go through all types of, they call ahead, give their credit card number six months in advance <laughs> just to beat the other person out. Why? Because this is my gift. Don't Please don't rob that from me. And sometimes we rob God of the gratitude that he has in given us his precious gift because we insult him with feeling like we owe him now. Listen, when you say yes to that gift, all the effort in trying to be perfect, is, that doesn't impress God. Because God knows it's vain. It's not a real thing. When it happens naturally because of your relationship with Christ, that's what pleases the Lord. Right? If I, if I was trying to pretend to be a good husband to my wife, simply to pretend to be a good husband, she would see right through that. So I grow into being the type of husband that God called me to be, not because I'm obligated or I owe her, but because I love her. And in the same way, I grow in who God has called me to be as a believer. And by no means am I or anyone in this room perfect. By no means have any of us even achieved that. But we strive towards that. Why? Because he's worth it. Because his gift is unbelievable. And the truth is, I thank God that I can't pay him back because there's no way I could. And knowing that I can't pay him back makes me want to try to worship him all the more. Because this is what I say. At least let me do this. Right? When somebody doesn't let you pay them back, here's what you say. Hey, you know what? At least let me cover the tip, Pastor. Right? Can I Let me put a... Okay, you can cover it. Hey, God, I know I can't pay you back for this gift. Would you at least take my life? I know it's not worth what you paid. But would you at least take my life and use it for your honor, for your glory? (laughs) Would, Would you at least have my family? Would you at least use my finances? Would you at least take what I have and what you've given me? Because that's all I can do. See, a gift is precious because it was voluntarily given and it's without compensation. but. The word that honestly stuck out to me the most in this definition, if I can go back to it, is it's something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. That word transferred to me is really interesting. Because, uh, see, a transfer is important. A transfer means that, that, that I held on to it, and now I'm giving it to you. But you need two people to transfer If I'm transferring you a gift, right, and you don't take your hands out to accept it, no one gets the gift. (laughs) I did my part. I tried to give it to you, but there was a fumble and a transfer. It's like when you have um, the racers, right, they're having the Olympics, and they pass the baton. The most important part of that race is the passing of the baton if they drop that baton the entire team is disqualified from the race only because they failed in the transfer and it's important for you and i to understand that god has given this gift to everyone but not everyone has accepted the gift the gift is is, is open and available and ready to everyone Right? It's, it's almost like why companies love gift cards so much. Because they understand, statistically speaking, most people don't cash them in. They get all the money for it. And you guys know who I'm talking about. How many of you are walking around right now with mad gift cards in your wallet? Seven years old. That store don't even exist anymore. You still got their gift card. You never cashed it in. What good is a gift you never open? Listen, in my house, it was notorious. My parents were so good at hiding gifts, they found them years later. We'd be cleaning out the closet, and say, Oh, this was for Christmas here. I'm like, Christmas when? This is like when I was five. <laughs> right? There's one thing about giving a gift, but you have to be willing to receive a gift. The transfer part is the most vital aspect, right? It's okay if I sent you something on Amazon, but if the transfer went to somebody else on your front step, then you didn't get the gift. Listen, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Listen, you don't pay for it, but there is a part you play in it. You have to receive it. And so what is he saying? Listen, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord, you have received the gift of salvation. You have accepted that gift. See, the problem is many of us want the gift. Many of us understand the need for the gift. Many of us hope to one day have the gift. But there's a good amount of us that haven't taken the time to actually receive it, to fulfill the transfer from God the Father to you. And this is the part that hurts the most, because there's no point in having a gift that's not given. There's no point in taking a gift if it's not going to be received. The greatest gift is still on some of our doorsteps, unopened and unchecked. Listen, my wife, she would have never missed out on Christ's gift the way she is with her Amazon boxes. She tracks that thing to a T, and the second the driver pulls up, she's outside on the doorstep. (laughs) We have never had a package lost. We've never had a package stolen because my wife is right there, ready to receive that transfer. She makes sure without a doubt that this is coming to me because this was meant for me. What's your greatest gift? What's the thing that you need? See, the thing I love about everybody who came up and, and had that little snippet as they walked over to that big box is it was more than material things. It was stuff that they desired, that they needed, stuff that they were struggling with, that they hoped for. And Christ voluntarily gave them the greatest gift in their relationship with him. There was one more that we didn't share, and, This was a little more personal for me. And, you know, as I walked in, I knew it was going to be hard to get from one point to another because a number of you were going to stop me and and congratulate me. But for those of you who don't know, um, my wife and I uh, have been five years now trying to have a child my wife five years ago was diagnosed with endometriosis which if you don't have that chances are you haven't heard about it unless you know someone who has it the interesting thing is when they told my wife she has endometriosis we found a million people that had it it's like oh that's why that's why and for those of you don't know that's um it's something that uh, women have that causes extra scar tissue to grow around their uterus and that makes complications with hormones, it makes complications with uh, pregnancy, it it gives her an extra amount of estrogen. Basically, my wife was going through menopausal fates at the age of 30, and um, part of that issue because of the scar tissue is it makes it difficult for an egg to go from the fallopian tube to the uterus. And so many, many women, 50% of women who are unable to have children, it's because they have endometriosis. And most of them, there's no cure for it. Most of them, when the scar tissue develops to the point where it's too painful to bear, uh, get hysterectomies. And so my wife was just waiting till she was about 40 to get a full hysterectomy. And So we weren't sure if we would ever have children. And we prayed and we believed God. And honestly, I can very well say this. Honestly, I was comfortable in never having children um, I've seen great examples of men and women in my life who have lived fulfilled lives in Christ without having children. And I was defined by Christ, not by fatherhood. And so uh, I felt very comfortable in not ever having children if that was what the Lord desired for my life. But then in April, my wife and I got to go uh, on a trip to Japan, for, a dream trip that she had. And on that day, she told me that we were blessed with being pregnant. And I remember that night, I laid my hands on her belly. And while she was asleep, I just prayed, Lord, please let her come. Please let this child grow to fulfillment. We had already had a miscarriage. I didn't want to have to go through another one. I said, Lord, please protect this baby and let her come to fulfillment. And by the grace of God, last Friday, we were able to welcome a four in the morning little eight-pound child. Talk about girl to fulfillment. She was almost nine pounds. (laughs) Nails, long hair, and I can almost braid her hair. Now, here's why I point that out. I was talking to to one of our sisters in, in the morning, and I go, the most incredible part is how instantly I fell in love. Instantly. They pulled that baby. I was there the whole time. They pulled her out, and I just began to weep. And I was crying and smiling at the same time. It was a really weird face. I like, <laughs> and I, just, I, just, I was just so automatically in love. And I'm tracking her. I'm like, listen, I'm like, y'all ain't taking that. I've heard like, hey, make sure, because they, they, they may not bring the right baby back. I'm like, they're bringing that one back. So I'm tracking the whole time. At one point, they're like weighing her and, and my poor wife. She was like 26 hours labor, like two and a half hours or two hours pushing. And so I look to my side and she's in the bed and she's shaking, literally like just shaking. And I'm like, is she okay? (laughs) But I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to hope you guys know what you're doing. I just got to make sure this one's all right. She all right. You all right, babe. (laughs) And um, there was just this sense, I have to protect this right now. And and we've been great. By the grace, she's an amazing baby. She's a very calm baby. She only cries when she's hungry. And and somebody was asking me, are you not getting a lot of sleep? It's like, well, my wife's feeding her, so I can't really do much. But what I do do is any little, especially the first few days, any little noise she makes, I popped out of bed. And I'm like, is she okay? And my wife, she has hiccups. Oh, okay. Is she alive? Yeah, she farted. All right. (laughs) Okay. I don't know the noises. I'm just, I'm still new to this. I pop up every time. Why? Because I'm worried. Are you okay? I know my job is to keep you alive. Are you all right? (laughs) I say all that because I absolutely adore my firstborn. And I could say this with a straight face. I wouldn't let a scratch go on her body, even if it meant saving any of your lives. Sorry. (laughs) I love you, but nowhere near as much as I love her. That's my girl. That's my firstborn. I will fight you and lose my credentials (laughs) if it means protecting her. (laughs) Right? It's just like, it is what it is. I'm sorry. I'll be in jail. She'll be safe, though. She is my firstborn. I could not imagine letting any harm ever come to my child for the sake of anyone. And I tell you, the thing that I always wanted to see and understand, and the one desire I really had in becoming a parent is I wanted to get a little bit closer to understanding God's love for you and I. And in that moment, part of why I cried is because I understood how much God loves me. Because I thought you gave your firstborn so that we could have life and relationship with you. I would never do that. I would never love anyone enough to give up my first child. I would never love anyone enough to see my first child crucified. I would never love anyone enough to see my first child tormented and beaten and abused by the very people that I was trying to save. I would never do it. But I thank God that I'm not God. I thank God that he doesn't think the way we think and he doesn't act the way that we act. Because of his love for you and for I, he paid the ultimate price to give us the greatest gift. Let me go back to one of the most famous verses in the Bible, John 3, 16. But listen, because I'm going to expand a little bit beyond that. Most of us stop right at 16, but I want you to hear the rest. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. God paid the ultimate price to give us the ultimate gift. And yet, some of us say, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm only here because my mom wanted me to come. You know, I'm just, I don't have no intentions in joining your religion. I have no intentions on following Jesus. I don't believe in any of that stuff. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna live my life. And what God is saying is, listen, there's no judgment on anyone who says yes. But those who say no, you've already been judged. And you've been judged by this fact, that God gave you a gift and you said no. And so here's my question for you, sir, ma'am, and Pastor Jason, if if you can help me out. In a moment, I'm going to offer you that gift. It's not from me. I'm the Amazon delivery guy. I'm UPS, okay, I'm just knocking on the door, and I'm hoping you open. And if I could keep up with that analogy, listen, if you, if you say, not, if you don't say yes today, does that mean you can never, no, right, if I'm a UPS driver and I'm bringing your gift to your house and you don't answer, I'll leave it on your doorstep. But listen, the Bible tells us that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, And don't be surprised if while that gift is waiting outside, the enemy comes and snatches it. Don't be surprised if you are waiting for tomorrow and tomorrow never comes for you to receive that gift. Why would you put off for tomorrow what you can do right now? And so this whole setup, everything we did today was for this one opportunity to give you the greatest gift you'll ever receive. And again, hear my heart. This gift doesn't come with any strings attached. You don't have to start coming to this church. You don't have to suddenly start acting differently and talking differently and, you know, we don't expect this 100% transformation in the next 30 seconds. It's a gift. You know, we've gotten a lot of gifts since uh, our child in the baby shower. You know what I've discovered? Not all these gifts are fun in the beginning. Five hours it took me to build her dresser. (laughs) There's parts where I'm like, I gotta learn how to work with this thing. Probably took you just enough time to figure out how to give her her first bath and their toddler. I don't know how to work this thing. I've never dealt with these things. And when you accept the gift of salvation, there's a learning curve. There's a lot of things that you're like. Listen, I don't know. All I know is I want this gift. All I know is I need this gift. And I want to make sure that none of you stand before God one day and say, "I didn't know." This morning, I am blowing ignorance out the water. I am ruining any of your excuses. The Bible says that one day all of us will stand before judgment seat, that every man will receive what's due to him according to what he has done while in the body, whether it be good or bad. So you may be sitting here going, I don't believe. You will. One day you'll see him. And it might be too late at that point to do anything about it. But it's not too late right here, right now. So I'm going to ask you all, if you can, would you be willing to just stand with me as we get ready to close this out. And I'm gonna ask you just bow your head and close your eyes just for a a moment of reflection. Now I understand many of us in this room, we've already received this gift and I hope that this day has reminded you of how unbelievably precious that gift is. But for those of you who haven't accepted the gift. Or listen, maybe you did a long time ago, but honestly, you've walked away. You're not living a life for Christ. You're not who God has called you to be. You're so far away from what that gift was meant to do in your life, and you need a a fresh start. You need to just come back. So whether it's your first time or whether it's you having to open that gift all over again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to say, sir, ma'am, this morning, December 22nd, I present to you the greatest gift you could ever receive. One that was sent with love that you would never fully understand until you say yes. One that was paid for with the ultimate price and sacrifice and one that has no strings attached. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you will receive this amazing gift of salvation. So, with no one else looking around, sir, ma'am, this is a decision between you and the Lord, but I'd like to pray for you. And if you would help me out, if you're in this room and you want to say yes to that gift, would you just signal me by lifting up your hand so I can include you in this prayer? Is there anyone here who would say yes, Pastor? That's me. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray all together, church, as a family. And then I'm going to ask afterward if our deacons and our elders could come up to the front. And sir, ma'am, if you raised your hand, would you just help us by talking to us afterward? We want to walk you through the next steps. We want to explain what God is doing. But church, let's do this together as a family. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that I don't deserve this gift. But I thank you, Lord, that you chose to give it to me anyway. You chose to send your Son to die on a cross and wipe away my sins. So Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior, as King of my life. And I pray this all in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, let's worship together, church.